0: Hello, welcome back to Hard Man Labor. This is the Takes It Took. No, well, hold, no, no,
1: no, no, no. No. Really? Really? Really.
0: Hello, welcome back to the Takes It Took, aka the No Fun Zone. My name <laughs> is. Stefan Fonseca, I'm here with my two guests because I am hosting today. Mariah. Miles. All right, no last names for them, just me. Yeah, you were supposed to use her her fighter name. Fighter name. Oh, yeah,
1: if we, if we were Sarah boxers. Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> if, we were, <laughs> if we were fighters, what would our names be? All right, so we got Sarah So McLaughlin. Today, hold on. Obviously, from the episode title, we're talking about.
0: We're talking about a movie, Bronson, but more importantly... We're going to be sort of talking about Bronson himself. So we're going to be sort of switching up the formula a little bit here. But it is the takes it took, and the takes it took to make this movie took a real man to do some very wild things. So that's sort of the angle we'll be going with that. And with this, Mr. Charlie Bronson chose for himself the name Charlie Bronson as his fighting name. So we're going to go around, and uh, we've got Sarah McLaughlin already. Yeah. Miles, who would you be? Well, I think I'm going to go with James Fetchett. James Fetchett? Yeah. Who is that? Is that a anything? name just I made name? up? All right. All right. I'm tempted to go with Wayne Grow, which is the co-name of a character in the movie Heat. But if not that, then Dr. Seuss. I like Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, I think, would be a fun boxing name. Bare Knuckle you, you, Boxing. You bear, you, you I come in oiled up, you, naked as hell. Taunt silly. your
1: opponent like, in rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh,
0: that's good. We already got a whole thing. All right. Well, before we get into... You know the whole shebang of talking about movies. What? Let's give us a brief rundown. For you guys, it hasn't been a long time. It's been a little while for us since we recorded.
1: We've been busy. We all got COVID.
0: We've been busy. We all we all got COVID.
1: Um, but now we're all better, and, yeah. and we're back. So we're back. I, I know this literally does not affect you because you time has passed a normal amount for you. But it's been a while for us.
0: But who knows? Maybe if you guys start paying us money, we can start.
2: Yeah, yeah. give yeah. us money. Well, God damn it, Every give week. us money.
0: And then do I we can have just, a Patreon? You know,
1: uh not yet they can't
0: even begin to give us money no they can give us money by watching what what have we seen oh what have we what have we watched what
2: have we taken in what light rays have entered your eyes what sweet sweet rgb values reverberations in the air have graced your delicate eardrums well
1: um while we were down bad with covid um we went kind of on a <laughs>
2: down bad. Fuck! Oh, oh fuck! I'm down bad. Down for COVID. atrocious. Um, for real, for real. Oh god.
1: Yeah, um, we kind of went through a talking animal movie like phase. Oh. So, we, so we watched um the 2011 Kevin James movie Zookeeper. That's right, we did Paddington Two. Uh-huh. And um, Milo and Otis, which I will say I did not enjoy, and I'm turned off because um they actually harmed and killed animals while filming oh milo and otis
0: was a wonderful film that i watched as a child it was a lot more beautiful when i didn't remember it and watching it again and you're watching an actual kitten in a box going down an actual waterfall this is difficult to watch and they just
1: give a black bear a plug and hope that it doesn't kill it like it
0: it it was it was rough i want i want you to talk
2: about multiverse of madness oh okay just because just because you texted me after that watching it. That was a while it, back. Um and you seemed heated and I I got to see it in person.
0: Sam Raimi directed it. You know, I kind of like Sam Raimi. I don't know if I necessarily say he's great, but he's got a fun style and I like his style. I feel like they didn't really let him do what he does in this movie, so that was one reason I was kind of upset. Whereas you know, if you watch a Sam Raimi movie like Evil Dead and then you watch this, you know, Evil Dead like every shot is wild. Or if you see Me and Mariah watch Quick and the Dead, mm-hmm. which is a Western. It's like, you know, there's so many Dutch angles, quick zooms, really weird sort of like fade in and out like montage sequences. And they they had pieces of that in this movie, but not as strong as it normally would be. So I don't like that. Because I rewatched it after Did you? you watched it. And the, a
2: part that makes my blood fucking boil <laughs> is when Dr. Strange is like, your kids aren't real. You made them up with magic. And she's like... <laughs> Oh don't, that's right. Don't all mothers make their kids with magic Wanda, like, oh, Okay, yours are actual illusions.
1: I have nothing to contribute because I was, haven't it seen was, it. I it don't know what you're talking about. So
0: no. silly. It was, yeah. But there's a bit where, where Wanda fights like the Illuminati team yeah. which it's a spoiler because it's got like surprise cameos of people, right? Um so I guess I don't need to mention them. But this this super elite team, you know, the smartest in the universe, do the same old stupid thing where they fight her like one on one. They just watch one guy step up, get obliterated, and then the next one steps up, gets obliterated. It's like, what is wrong with you guys? Get in there! They'll just, like, stand there and watch one guy's mouth get sewn shut and then blow up. You you need to, like, get in there and all work together. It was...
2: I I find it hilarious that they were like, oh, hey, Scarlet Witch, don't attack us because we have a secret weapon. Here's how our secret weapon works and why
0: he's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. They say, yeah, here's this guy and his mouth, his mouth will just tear you apart. Don't attack us because he'll get you. And then with his mouth, with with his his mouth, it's his mouth, mouth.
2: specifically his
0: mouth that will do this to you. So if you want to, so if you want to maybe get rid of his mouth and make him blow up, then that's probably how you would beat him if you wanted to do that.
1: Okay. Miles, what have you seen?
0: Oh, that's right. Um, Spider-Man gets edgy. Did a little
2: dance. He
0: does a little
1: dance.
2: Yeah. He does a little dance. You know the, dance. Dance. You I know know the dance. dance. I
1: haven't seen Spider-Man 3, but...
2: He slides, he points, he nods his head yeah. at some ladies, and they go, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> they.
0: yeah. it's great. Miles? Yeah? Tell me a joke. I'm going to go grab my water and sip from it. Give us like a good joke while I, okay. while I walk, get up and walk 10 feet. Got it. Um, so,
2: a priest and a rabbi get into a fist fight with one no another. No religion. <laughs> yeah. All right, time's up. You failed. <laughs>
1: we have i think we mentioned this in like the last one but we have a list of things to remember as we record yep we and have
0: they are, uh no ums,
1: uh, no ums which I summarize
0: to. the film which we're gonna have to do i forgot to do that <laughs> yeah um talk louder that's for me so you can tell by this recording if i'm talking loud enough uh we've got no politics or religion so no priests or rabbis getting in a fist fight and no knocking on the table I knew one of you was going to do it. Give me give me the first half of Bronson.
1: All right, so Charlie Bronson, also known as Michael Peterson or Mickey Peterson. Um, I just said um. Sorry about that. <sighs> no cut ums. That cut that out. Don't
0: make me knock
1: on the table. He got into trouble when he was younger. Then he gets married, has a kid. They're not doing so well, so he robs a post office and gets like 50 pounds maybe less than 50 pounds for it Mm -hmm. gets sentenced to seven years his mom's like oh no fam you're just gonna serve four then he decides to just raise hell in prison and fight everybody and anybody he possibly can so he's tossed around from prison to prison and eventually ends up like in a psychiatric ward and where they uh, give him a lot of pills and stuff to keep him sedated.
2: Um, and then he's like, you know what? I did great like great. real oh, we
1: touched toes.
0: We touched toes under the table. Aww. Oh, man, you that guys. So we got to live stream this so
2: you can catch those beautiful moments. Um, anyway, he goes, this sucks. And I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go back to prison because it was sick there and it was like an awesome hotel and I got to beat the shit out of guards. Mm-hmm. And here, I'm too drugged to do that. So I'm going to murder a man. And he... he definitely try does he he attempts he he doesn't he doesn't actually do it um but he definitely attempts to and they were like nah fam like you're just gonna stay in the ward like you're not leaving so he raises more hell and fucking
0: burns like half the place down or some shit yeah he does a rooftop protest rooftop protest which was actual footage Not of Bronson. It was actual footage of a rooftop protest, but not him. Okay. Um, So he
2: does rooftop protest, and they're like, okay, you cost too much money to exist here. So you're sane. Get out. And then he's back in in civilization, and he meets up with a guy he met in prison to basically just do underground fighting. And he does that for a little bit. Um,
1: Finds the name Charlie Bronson.
0: Finds the name charlie bronson and then from there he boxes a little finds a girl goes to robbery he robs a jewelry store gets a ring for her goes back to jail for robbing a jewelry store finds art <laughs> finds art he's a good and artist then stays in jail after taking a man hostage well he takes two men hostage. he takes two men hostage yeah. he Not takes a lot of men hostage yeah and
1: which okay i will say too if you if you have seen this movie and also if you've seen the show Ted Lasso. Oh yeah. The art counselor guy that he holds hostage at the end is the guy who plays Trent Krim from The Independent and in Ted Lasso. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a fun little connection in case any of you guys have seen both of those things. That's who that is.
2: Well, if you have also seen if you've seen Bronson, you have undoubtedly also seen a naked man covered in butter yeah covered, covered in, charcoal. in
1: charcoal covered in blood
0: covered in in blood. blood what else and that naked man is tom hardy and evidently that's how i'm gonna start our story i'm gonna structure this i'm gonna i'm gonna talk a bit about the film and then go to the real man and then jump back and then jump in alternate between classic the two. a story so i'm gonna story. i'm gonna start yeah, this with is our
1: first biopic
0: Right. Yeah. So, so the format is going to be a little different yeah. here. I hope it's like a documentary. I hope it, I hope it with, works out well with more penis. Yes, with a lot more penis. Man, Tom Hardy really Tarm- went for it. Tom Tarm-Hardy. Hardy
2: making me harder. <laughs> Ayo.
0: Okay. My so my family <clears throat> listens to this.
2: So does mine. Hey, um, Stefan and Mariah's family. Um,
0: Weiner, Weiner I know you don't know Miles. <coughs> he likes wiener. All right, so. <laughs> tom hardy actually spoke with the real charles bronson he visited him in prison the director i'll talk more about the director later the director was only allowed a couple of phone calls with charles bronson because he was not british the director is dutch slash he was he's raised in uh, new york but apparently in order to visit like a british prisoner you need to be british which is hmm. interesting so tom hardy visited him a couple of times and they became friends Um, On his time visiting Charlie, Tom Hardy related that it was a lot more like an airport or a hospital than what he thought a prison would be like, you know, where you walk in, there's security, there's vending machines, it's very clean, there's people hustling and bustling and going about, there's a big cafeteria, and he saw Bronson through a plexiglass dumbwaiter that was in a prison cell, and he spoke with him that way, but it turned out Bronson was actually very, rather nice. One thing he noticed about him, though, was Bronson is... The palest man he had ever seen, which <laughs> makes sense because he's been in prison. Yeah. He was so pale that his skin was reflecting the blue shirt he was wearing to the point that he said he looked like he was blue. Wow. Oh, my God.
1: Like, I know I'm white, but...
0: Like, as white as you can get. Yeah. Yep. And something, um, the shades he wears, he wears them because his vision is damaged.
1: I, well, from... that typically happens in solitary. Yeah, because he's, he's been in jail for so long. Because when the prison walls are so... So, like your eyes don't need to focus on anything yeah. further away. Oh not, so then you become yeah, like severely. Not, not only is
0: it, you know, a depth thing, but it's also a light thing because he's not, you know, sunlight and artificial light. Like his eyes just he just gets headaches and things without him. Huh. And from this moment, good old Charlie Bronson would reach his hand through the plexiglass dumbwaiter and shake hands with Tom Hardy. Now pull his hand in and, and then and bite then it. Nope. Just a pleasant handshake. Just a nice pleasant handshake. Just a nice pleasant handshake. Because he's not a guard. Go to old Charles Bronson, who was born in December 6th, 1952. He's currently 69 years old. He was born Michael Gordon Peterson, formerly known as Charlie Ali Ahmed, currently Charles Arthur Salvador, and better known as Charles Bronson. As a child, Mr. Peterson, at this time, was mild-mannered. He was good with children and... Never a bully, quoted by his mother. His uncle and aunt both served as mayor in Luton in the 60s and 70s. Peterson referred to Luton as his hometown. <coughs> Grosty nasty talking about being in a hospital. Ooh, eesh, ooh, ugh, eesh. Gross. Wait,
2: so you say that his mom was like, oh, he was very nice with the other kids. The first thing we see this man do is get into a fist fight as a child.
0: Yes. So... I will. As a, I'm going to sort of tell you the story, of Bronson, and then the film, and we're going to see sort of how they deviate. But as a child, he was good. He was very kind. He's very protective. Apparently, he would stand up to bullies for other kids and things like that. Thank they you, moved man. from Luton to Bedfordshire and then to Elsmere Port, Cheshire. Where at the age of 13, he fell in with a bad crowd, reportedly, and he joined a gang and was caught stealing. When he was then sent to juvenile court, so he spent a long time in juvie. One day knock on the door that was a knock <laughs> hold on one day okay whatever uh, a knock on the we door have I, a ta- you can just no, knock but on it sounds t- weird it's like <clears throat> you know i got <clears throat> all mouth noises here
1: okay no asmr please
0: uh, okay one day a knock on the door see that was uh, good bronson's was mother acceptable. opens it there's the police and revealed to his mother the first time she recorded him ever being in trouble for stealing things like shoe polish, laces, and in quotes, stupid little things what boys wouldn't have anyways. Well, hold on. He's
2: stealing shoelaces and shoe, shoe and shoe polish? He's stealing shoelaces and shoe polish. So oh, has he got a boot operation going on? I, you know, I know, very Why? shoe-centered.
0: I think he was just stealing stuff with you know his gang of buddies just to steal things. At this point, he never did serious things. And another quote, he just acted a bit cheeky. And got expelled.
1: <laughs> so he's kid. just
0: a bit cheeky at this point.
1: Just a little cheeky.
0: Just a little um, cheeky. British accents. British governor. Accent. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Bronson's got poetry and stuff. I'm gonna read some of his poetry. And I'm gonna do like a whole voice and everything. I hope you're ready for that.
2: Um, uh, sorry, British listeners, we're gonna. Yeah, you you might hate me or you might love me because it's so good.
0: Well, me and Mariah are already on the hit list, so you can just join us. Yeah, it's all right. I, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peterson now. Uh, you know, somewhere between the age of 13 and 19, began fighting joy in fighting and he would skip school. So at some point, he became a bit of a ruffian and started fighting. He returned to his hometown of Luton and he got his first job at a Tesco. Congratulations, Peterson. Good Yay. job. You're out there. You're getting money. You're doing the well. Story. And in then, story, he story. Li- he became the manager of a Tesco and has lived he, his life Tescoing well, it up. Mm-hmm. Well adjusted with society. So much so that a fortnight later, he attacked his manager and got fired. I mean, look. If but it is Tesco. At, if you worked at a Tesco,
2: his manager was probably also like not the greatest person.
0: You know, it's a Tesco. Also, he's in England.
2: Yeah. You like, can't blame him. I cannot blame the
0: man. <laughs> so far, everything sounds fine. you right. It's all reasonable. He would then move between many jobs and factories where he would land in prison for his first time briefly because he smashed the windows of parked cars during an argument with his girlfriend's father. Which, <laughs> reasonable. Who hasn't? Who hasn't done that? He was fined and given probation after a trial. So for these first couple of offenses, he's sort of given a lot of chances. Especially because he's young, right? And they can't just ship him off to like, prison fully. Either. So they're just kind of like, all right, man, like clean it up. You'll do better. He then crashed a stolen lorry into a car, which for... Those American audiences, Lori is a truck.
2: I was gonna say I have no idea what a Lori is. Is a truck.
0: Is. Um, no one was injured, and so he was just sort of given a fine and another slap on the uh, slap on the wrist and let go. Wow, yeah. After probation, he returned to petty crime and labor. At the age of nineteen, he was convicted again of a smash and grab raid, which is when you drive into a store, jump out, grab all the things you can, get back in the car, and leave.
2: Wait, that's a tactic that people yeah, use. Is,
0: yep, smash and grab raid um i thought smash and grab was just like I, you just went
2: in and started like smashing displays r- but you drive your fucking car through yeah, the, yeah you
0: get in there you steal loaves of bread shoe polish shoelaces anything you need the sh- essentials shoes and then you get on out of there uh the judge gave him a suspended sentence and he was um let go his girlfriend wow. at the time in 1971 irene kelsey said he was so different from any other boys i knew he always wore tailored suits had perfectly groomed sideburns and a Cockney accent. What a charming, beautiful man. (laughs) They would get married eight months later and have a child. After marriage, he settled down for a few years. Didn't didn't cause a lot of trouble. um, Before he would start going on drinking binges for days, he would leave for days. But it's believed later on that he was actually spending this time to plan a robbery. Ah. At 22, Peterson was convicted of armed robbery and sentenced to seven years in prison and
2: in this 1974.
0: Is, oh, hit my mic. This is what
2: we see in the movie. This is the he saws off sawed the, off the, shot saws gun, off he the shotgun. He creates a sawed-off, mm-hmm. and then robs a post office for fifty
0: bucks. Yep. And then, was
1: it a post office like in the? I don't.
0: Um, it? I think it, I don't think it was a post office. I think it was just a store. I'm gonna look it up while you continue. Yeah. But yeah. So now he's sent to prison, and with that, I will jump back to our movie Mm -hmm. I'll talk a little bit more about Mr. Tom Hardy who spoke with Bronson Mr. Tom Hardy debuted in a movie Black Hawk Down Mm -hmm. he was one of his first claims of success was being a model he was also very briefly a rapper and hip hop producer with his friend Edward Tact under the names Tommy Number One and Eddie Too Tall
1: together they recorded
0: a mixtape Falling on Your Arse in 1999 that was never released (laughs) Um,
1: I was like, please tell me that's available to listen. Oh, no,
0: remember. I think it may have recently been available though, so I should try and find that. His his
2: Wikipedia never it just says that he committed armed robbery in 1974. Yeah. Yep. So, thanks, Wiki. Thanks, Wiki. Uh, Good yeah. lot of help you are. How come you give me all human knowledge in one website, but you won't tell me what place he robbed for
0: free? Got to make a uh, donation of twenty dollars. Yeah, we stand Wikipedia. Um, Wikipedia just so you
1: know, nice. you can find. Okay. Tommy number one and Eddie too tall falling on your arse in 1999. Fantastic um, on YouTube. Or wait, Yeah. On YouTube is like 45 minutes long for the full, Oof. Uh, the full album. Oof. Uh, looks very fun.
0: <laughs> well, Mr. Tom Hardy. had previously thought he was a little more hard and streetwise than he was. And meeting Mr. Bronson in prison suddenly he changed his mind and said, well, maybe I'm not that tough. And maybe I feel a little weak compared to this man. However, when he uh, he met with Charlie, he, he says uh, Charlie sort of trauma-dumped on Tom Hardy. Oh. Talking about his life and difficulties with breaking patterns and his difficulties with relationship and women. Saying he couldn't be with a woman. He couldn't be without one either. And the only woman he could be with was his mother.
2: Aww. well, mama's um, boy who, who gets naked in rough houses a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Bronson really liked Tom Hardy and said he was really impressed with his physique and his ability to look like him. Uh, Tom Hardy had to put on a lot of weight as quick as possible, and I only had five weeks to do it, and a lot of that was fat. I ate everything. Mr. Uh, Bronson shaved off his mustache and gave it to Tom Hardy to use in the film. What? Yeah, as a prop. I don't think they ended up really like using it because it would look too funny, but he he gave him his mustache. What a Hi. gentleman, <laughs> right? He's what a really nice man. Kind.
1: How do you, you? That's not how
0: that works. I mean, I don't know. He's like a pile of hair. Yeah, <laughs> he just gave
1: he,
2: up his mustache. He's like, hey, hold out your hand. I'm gonna give you something and it's just like oh, just a <laughs> clump of hair. He's like, that's my, my mustache. My mustache. <laughs> use that in the film. <laughs> use that in the film. Maybe you've you've no.
1: That I was don't. just like a southern. I
0: know. Uh, I messed it up. I. It's better than that. I promise.
1: Oh, my, use that in the film.
2: Maybe you've noticed. Complies, use that. Maybe you noticed. Film. I don't have a mustache anymore. Here you go. It's Australian. That's right. I'm Australian. <laughs> <It's>
0: Australian. <laughs> Australian <laughs> in here. Uh, My mustache is <laughs> shaped like a boomerang If you could please take it and throw it around the room. But uh,
2: today we learned Miles
0: can't do accents. <laughs> nah. I yeah. think we learned that
1: in a previous episode. As long as
0: it's Australian. I'm gonna keep doing it though. You gotta work on it. It's good. It's beautiful.
1: Don't let your dreams be dreams. Thank Bronson
0: you. stated, "I honestly believe nobody on the planet could play me as Tom did. He is more like me than I am."
1: Hmm. Huh. And I now, don't know if I would take that as a compliment if I was I, I would.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Listen. Okay. Little side thing. I fucking love how he looks. He does. He, he looks he, like he does, Dr. Have, he does have a great Bronze. S- just I don't know. I think he's Tom a very Tom Hardy. Style. That's the guy who played him right now, yeah, Tom, Tom, Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy. Good old Thomas. In that movie looks fucking amazing, in my opinion. I and I, I want so desperately to look like him. I do think he looks kind of cool. Bald, buff, and with a hella nice mustache. Just I feel like, like a that's tank, a life I could live. A tank of a man.
1: That's attainable for you, Miles. For it sure. is. It's highly I attainable.
2: So. Yeah. I need to get those sunglasses get the that have. That's yeah. what I'm saying. When I go and get new, a new prescription, I think I might try to go get circular oh, sunglasses. Dang, yeah. That'd be good. I will
1: say... I said it like 20 seconds ago, but he really reminded me of Dr. Eggman yeah. when yeah. he like had the mustache and the glasses yeah. on. And uh-huh. oh, there's Egg a man. few different frames too where it's like, you know, he's not moving, he's not smiling, he's just standing there, and you're mm. like, mm. that is Dr. Eggman, all right.
0: Imagine Sonic, but Dr. Eggman <laughs> he fights just, fights wildland creatures for the money, fucking crap oh, out charcoal. of them, it's covered in in butter and charcoal.
2: You can't hit me. Sonic, I'm Sonic Butter.
1: <laughs> it just it rolls off of me. You've Jim Carrey, take notes.
0: With that, we're gonna jump back to Mr. Peterson at age twenty-two being convicted of armed robbery, going to jail in 1974. He is given seven years. He was sent to a prison, Walton Gowl. I'm not sure precisely how to pronounce it. It's G-A-O-L. Gowl or Gowl? Gowl. <laughs> Gowl. Oh, I think that's something someone. like that. Um, he found prison life impossible to cope with. He ended up on the punishment block, which is essentially solitary, for attacking two prisoners reportedly unprovoked. Uh, he was transferred to another prison in Hull in 1975. After refusing prison work and destroying a workshop in an altercation with a prisoner, he was then sent to the punishment block again, which we did see that in the film where he's he's in the uh, the workshop where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. sewing, and then yeah. he gets into a fight. So that that's right. We're good there. An additional six months were added to his sentence. First, first of many. Yeah, of, of many. He was frequently sent to solitary confinement for months at a time, most often for fighting. He attacked a prisoner, John Henry Gallagher, with a glass jug. Uh, nine months were added, and Wait. he was transferred to Armalee Gall. I'm sorry, this is this is the Gallagher? The Hammer Watermelon Gallagher? This is Gallagher. the Watermelon Gallagher. He was in prison. He was attacked by Bronson. This is his previous past life. You guys didn't know this. Mariah's giving me a very confused look, which He's tells me she Gallagher doesn't is? know who Gallagher is.
2: He's a comedian who would just smash things a, with a mallet, yeah, like kind a of big hammer, oh, like okay. a Harley <laughs> Quinn-sized hammer.
0: <laughs> it's just like comical. Yeah, he, just
2: he, and he would just like, here's a watermelon, <laughs> <laughs> gone. <And>
0: people, <laughs> <laughs> lose it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's, not a, bit ringing of, any there's bells, a bit of history with you. Nothing. Here. Damn. Um, at this point, I'm now going to take us a moment to <clears throat> read a bit. Of Mr. Charles Bronson, which at at this time he's known as Arthur Salvador. So I think I might, he's known as Charles Arthur Salvador. So I'll just refer to him as Charles because maybe he would like that better.
2: Well, let me paint the picture. We're in a nice den. We're in a a nice den, sipping some wine and brandy, looking at fine art. Yeah, there's a fireplace. We're all in nice Mm -hmm. silk robes. Nice
0: clothes. (sighs) No sounds what's presented before you is a drawing of mr charles on a toilet and a speech bubble that says what you looking at the poem reads men on
3: potties you gotta laugh a life of madness is the path a good old crap upon the crown wake in the morning with a frown Prison madness at its best. Believe me now, it's not a rest. Take my advice, give prison a miss. It's not worth a bottle of piss. It'll drive you crackers. It did with me. Then they throw away the key. Oh well, leave me crap in peace. Good night. God bless.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to show the wait, picture wait, wait, wait. to. Oh yeah, give me the snare. Please. Oh yeah, look at I'm him. showing, I'm showing the uh, the picture.
2: That'll be our on drawing. our Instagram.
1: Yeah, we'll put that on the Instagram. So if you guys want to see it, you can go follow it on uh, the Takes It Took on Instagram, and we'll have that posted for mm-hmm. you guys Good to old. see. Good <laughs> ol. because uh, it's definitely worth a worth a look. I'll tell you that fun. after seeing it.
0: And that was poetry with Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. We'll return to that segment again later. Yes, please. During 1975, Peterson was moved between four prisons and moved from Yorkshire to London, chained to the floor of a prison van. Oh, oh, wait, this... I'm
2: sorry. I was thinking, like, the undercarriage of a prison van, and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking brutal. And I was like, no, it's just, the just the floor of the inside. it would so shit. much work to set up
0: to, like, Indiana Jones him under the van. No, no, they just chained him to the floor like an animal. Uh, gotcha,
1: gotcha, that's okay then. Yeah, that's not at, bad at all. At this
0: point, he began his fitness regime, okay, in solitary confinement, and he would release a book that I'm kind of interested in buying called Solitary Confinement, fitness which he released in 2009 he had published 11 books and there's a law saying that prisoners are not allowed to make any money off of any sort of um there's a word i'm looking yeah, for you, i can't find can't, it you just you can't, can't make money off you can't because, make money off your time in prison yeah because it would be you know like incentive to celebritizing to you know yeah. whatever so all of his money he chose to go to charities um and in this book solitary what fitness a champion he would later. He he does later, and especially now, claim to be very prideful of you know supporting a lot of charities.
2: Like but, I don't know. Other than like the ruthless fighting, the he ruthless sounds like fighting. a nice guy. I mean, I, he
1: does. He does make a point in the movie, which I will say is like he never killed anyone. No.
0: Uh, and wait. Oh wait, I thought
1: you. Were no, gonna no, say, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. I thought you were going to say. Well, he true. did after. The and I rover.
0: will say, coming and doing all this research, coming to the end, I'm not sure how I feel about him. I'm kind of mixed on how I feel about him, and especially he's actually trying to get out of prison on parole right now. Uh-huh. And I'm, by the end of this podcast, I want to see what your guys' thoughts are on him, okay? And whether or not you think that should be something. Accepted. Well, because this is
2: jumping like to really later on in the movie when he kind of keeps the art teacher hostage. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he's just like, okay, you've like you've had enough, guys. You can come in and like I've yeah. kind of fucked with him enough. I'm whoopsies. I don't know. Come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. Ha ha and it's like okay well i mean you didn't do any actual harm to the man no i mean he didn't tie him up well he tied him
0: up but and and that event is based on a real event people do that for fun and so so i'll I'll talk about how that was yeah of course you know i i've tied up like three people yeah for giggles i keep them in my basement they love it they're always
2: (laughs) crying in enjoyment (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right going back to the book real quick he says um show me another man a man half my age you can pick up a full-size snooker table which he could do i can show me another guy who can rip out 1727 push-ups in an hour he would do push-ups for a full hour i can i once <laughs> went eight years without using weights then i went into a gym and bench three 300 pounds 10 times he he can do 172 push-ups in 60 seconds and 94 sit-ups in 30 seconds.
4: Excuse this me. This man
0: is a monster. Oh, <laughs> my Oh he, my, he, oh he my is God. threatening. He is, I will say he's my height. He's like 5'10. But he's just wide and yeah, a, t- a tank.
2: He sounds like he's built like a truck.
0: He's he's in some he of the things he's done. He's I mean, the fact that he he would run one man riots. And take on like five, you know, five guys at once. Like he's,
1: that's ooh, damn. That's like, oh, he's
2: kind of he's
0: terrifying. In his who's in his the ability. very
2: large man in the Princess Bride? Oh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Yeah. He's Andre the Giant, but tiny.
0: But like yeah, with but the like, same feats, right? Yeah, it's it's like scary to think about that. I mean, I guess it makes sense when you're in prison. All you do is just, yeah, yeah do you, pushups all day.
2: Yeah, you're in solitary confinement. There's
0: literally nothing else for you to
2: do. So anybody who's on who has COVID right now and you have two weeks of absolutely nothing to do, mm-hmm.
0: I what's your excuse? Very what's interestingly, excuse? I found one of the most recent interviews with him. He's talking about COVID and he relates COVID to being like in prison. And he talks about trying to make the best of COVID and to do things that you've never done like poetry and, you know, working out and, you know, finding yourself. It's very interesting hmm. because in the interviews I've seen, especially the most recent ones, he's he doesn't. He's not, like, scary, you know, necessarily. He's got the, you know, big Cockney accent, so it's, like, kind of scary because he's like, oh, my, oh, you just got this COVID-19
3: business. I just don't know what to say about it. And you're kind of like,
2: God, every every sentence you say just makes me love this guy more. He
0: seems like such a nice guy. Right? In Wandsworth Prison, he attempted to poison a prisoner. Okay, well. (laughs) He attempted to poison a prisoner in the next cell. He also met... Yeah, the Cray nice Twins. Okay,
2: maybe if Stefan hadn't said that next <laughs> yeah. part, then I would have ground. But
0: I will say it seems in both of these cases, I, Mike Tyson broke out there for a moment. I don't know if you caught that lisp, but um, Mike Tyson. He he wouldn't necessarily always act unprovoked. He he normally it would be a prisoner that maybe made some sort of passing comment or taunted him or did something. So I mean, not that that excuses it, but it w- it wasn't always just sort of like I'm gonna totally sc- out of I'm gonna blue. you know yeah. Um, He also, at this time, met the Cray Twins, which is important. We don't see the Cray Twins in the film. The Cray Twins were, first of all, he thought they were the two best guys he ever met, but they were identical twin gangsters who ran sort of a criminal underground in London at the time. What's interesting about this. Hey, I have a twin. Are you Cray? Are you Cray Cray?
2: Do you run an underground empire?
1: You know, know, I hope my twin is listening. I don't know if they want me to use their name, so I won't, but... Uh, you know, something to think about. Criminal
0: Empire in Alaska?
2: You just want to refer to your twin as Miles. That's fine by me. Yeah,
1: Miles. Yeah. Something to think about.
0: (laughs) But what's also interesting is there's a movie called Legend about the Kray twins whom both are played by Tom Hardy.
4: Oh, Which is wait, very I, think, I think I was yeah. actually
2: going around playing.
0: Yeah, and I think I I, I, I should have looked into that, but I think probably his involvement with Bronson and, and this movie is a big deal of what got him involved in, mm-hmm. in that movie as well. But the Kray twins are going to pop up a couple of times throughout the story because they're close friends in Criminal Underworld and yada, yada. The governor of Wandsworth wanted Peterson gone, but only the psychiatry wing of Parkhurst would accept him. And from there, we'll jump back here to the movie. We took a little break because it's hot and we had to sit in the AC a little bit. But I'm going to jump back real quick, talk about the director in the movie. This is directed by Nicholas Wining Refn. I'm not really sure if it's winding or wining Refn.
1: I'll be honest, couldn't tell Um, difference. Some of you might know
0: this man as the director of... I wouldn't whine too much about it. Refn. We wouldn't whine about Revin. Ayo, this man directed Drive. Oh. He Just Like Me, For Real, For Real, acclaimed movie, Um, has kind of a similar soundtrack where it's kind of like did, Yeah, Um, I
2: I did enjoy the soundtrack.
1: So Uh, this is like the techno beats part, I will say. It reminded me of Inside by Bo Burnham.
3: There was oh, a it yeah. was like,
1: if you had told me, me
0: a year ago, ago I, okay, da that's da 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 please da do. don't see what's um, red,
4: red, red, red,
2: right? Red, yeah, you got it, red, red. orange, orange, orange. We're, we're gonna get into that, yellow. we're oh. gonna talk about that. Really, we're gonna talk about colors. Oh, okay,
0: um, this man is a Danish film director born in Copenhagen, Denmark. Woo! Denmark, Copenhagen,
2: oh, uh, home, homeland of Lego,
0: of Lego, right? That's what I was gonna say. Uh, apparently, I went there once when I was a very little baby, but I don't remember it because my mom picked the youngest time for me to go. <laughs> Thank you, mother. Uh, he was raised partially in New York. His films are sometimes considered art house. No, he's a big fan of a director, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Uh, Jodorowsky, you might—I probably did like the completely wrong pronunciation of that, but he did *El Topo*. No. Oh, okay. He did El Topo and another movie called Holy Mountain. He's very art house, But Nicholas here really likes him, and they became uh, good friends. And upon seeing this movie, Alejandro... Well, no. Hold on. Let me rephrase this. He he said he saw Bronson and had a spiritual orgasm. Oh. And, uh, the I had just the, a normal orgasm. Yeah. Orgasm. <laughs> right? I know, right? I was like, I do not yeah. have none of that spiritual stuff. But I yeah. just... You know, Tom Hardy. Woo! Anyways, the two became friends. But with this movie, one of the biggest differences here is... Nicholas wanted to focus on this concept of ambition for fame and glory. And so in the movie, we have Mr. Bronson being like, I want to be famous. I want to be big. I want to be known for something. And this sort of culminates in this intense violence and mm-hmm. desire for reputation. And he wasn't concerned necessarily with being a biopic or being accurate. He sort of wanted to focus on on this concept. That being said, Bronson was not allowed to watch this movie when it came out. And for a while, he was not. But when he did watch it, he said he loved it. He thought it was great. However, his criticism was he never once has ever stated to have liked being in prison. He hates it. He's always hated oh. it. He says it's been the worst thing ever. Really? And so his portrayal as being someone who loves prison and wants to be in it, he found kind of... That is a I very guess. big
1: deviation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is like That's a, a huge, huge part of the character in the right? movie. It? Of like, yeah, he oh, wanted. it's like a hotel room. I like it. Mm. Take me back, like take me out of here and put me back in prison. Yeah. I like that so much better. So,
0: so real, real Charles wasn't super keen on prison. Huh. huh. Real quick, the crew. This is the same editor Matthew Newman as Drive and Only God Forgives and The Neon Demon, which are all Nicholas Wayne Reffin films. Uh, the cinematographer Larry Smith did Eyes Wide Shot only god forgives it their nicholas wine Reffin film and two movies me and mariah know called cavalry and the guard which are directed by john
1: michael mcdonough which is martin Martin mcdonough's McDonough's
0: brother um i would love to talk about martin mcdonough but we can't do that right now because we got time but Uh, we like we'll
1: say definitely we'll be covering cavalry at some point yes absolutely phenomenal movie brendan gleason's i think best film Mm -hmm. big fan anyway sorry
0: good movie good director yeah, okay, I'm going to jump. Sorry, I had to think. I was to decide. I'm going to jump back to Mr. Mr. Charles here, and then we'll go back up to the movie. Oh. Okay, where we last left off, Bronson was being sent to psychi- psychiatric ward, and under the Mental Health Act, Peterson was subject to transfer to a hospital and was moved to Rampton Secure Hospital shortly after arriving at Broadmoor in December of 1978. Peterson could not adapt, in quotes, to their medication, and amongst highly disturbed and dangerous patients, Peterson attempted to strangle... A murderer, John White.
1: That's uh, the guy that in the movie. That's the
0: guy in the movie. He was actual. He's also a sexual predator.
1: Um, okay, I'm with I'm with Charlie. So like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, this attempt returned him to Broadmoor. On so his
1: is that, is that why in the movie? Because when he's uh, like totally drugged up, drugged mm-hmm. and out. the guy's like you, me, like a nine year old girl or yeah. whatever. It's that guy. Was it's that guy. The, okay, that's yeah. supposed to be him. Fuck I don't I don't
0: guy. know if it ha- I don't think it like happened that way, but. That's what that's oh. what that event Yeah, we don't is. like that guy. It's portraying. I don't like Go him. Charlie.
2: Bronson, if you did murder that man, I think you could have slide. Yeah.
0: Bronson gained three stone while forcefully on the drug Largactyl. Three stone is about twelve pounds? It's how much wrong. is it? how much I is think, a stone?
1: I think stone is seven pounds. Rolling stone. stone
0: is seven, so yeah. it would have been like what, twenty one pounds. How, how many stones? Three stone.
1: One stone is fourteen pounds. Forty-two okay, 40. pounds.
0: So he gained a lot of weight during yeah, this time. Exactly forty-two pounds. He was he was sedated on this drug, good Largactyl, heads. which causes body seizures, paralysis, lockjaw, and urination. Mm. So it was was not a good time. Was not a fun time. He can pee himself. At this point, Ronnie Cray, one of the Cray twins, he's returned, arranged for a boxer, a very famous boxer at the time, Terry Downs, to visit Peterson, and he was lifted from his slump, his depressive slump of being sedated in this in this awful place his spirits were lifted so much so that he could perform a rooftop protest that he would then do a second time shortly after on the roof of broadmoor he was the first man to get to the roof in 100 years good for him there was a three-day-long protest that only ceased when he was talked down by his family and this all cost about 250,000 pounds well wow. now we're gonna do a quick speed run real quick Peterson attempted to strangle man Gordon Robinson to death, but the silk tie he was using thankfully tore. Peterson attacked a man, Melvin Horley, with a sauce bottle again for making sexual advances towards him. Three years were added to a sentence. Peterson began pursuing art and received the most prison awards of any other inmate for drawings, poems, and prose. Peterson then made a third rooftop protest, demanding a transfer, but was talked down. Peterson then went on a hunger strike for 18 days and was transferred to a prison called Ashworth. I am now going to return to another poem real quick and go through this one. This one's called... Oh, Mis- hold on.
2: Oh, go ahead. And this is Poems of Charles Bronson mm-hmm. with Stefan Fonseca.
0: Ding, little sparkle sounds. <clears throat> ding, ding. Knocking, knocking on my head,
3: not a word is ever said. All that noise in my space around your neck and old boot lace knock knock all the time go away i'm feeling fine can't you see what i am you can call me son of sam feel the horns upon my head cross me once and you'll be dead see the sixes on my chest now i lay my case to rest dedicated to the prat who shot john lennon i hope you run hell you dog you give bad men a bad name i never put your name as your best forgotten you was a nobody and you still
2: are (laughs) And this has been Charles Bronson Poems with Stephen Fonseca.
1: <laughs> See you mentioned son of Sam and John Lennon. I love
0: it. and it's like not even a part of the poem. It's yeah. just sort He's of just like, like a Oh, P.S. I fucking love
2: P.S. the Beatles and you're a bastard you're for killing awful. John Lennon.
1: That's crazy.
0: Very interesting. He would then do yeah. another three day protest on a roof.
2: Well, real quick, he always did he always did seem like a, a Beatle maniac. He did, <laughs> you know.
0: I've been i I've been around him, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah he did he did another three day rooftop protest and another year was added this man keeps getting to the roof <laughs> I don't know how he keeps getting to the roof Just he keeps getting up, up there is he still at Broadmoor um, no he's been moved to a prison called Ashworth at this point in time
2: climbing up uh, like a little spider monkey oh.
0: right look in one stint, he was moved to Albany, where he punched another inmate on his first day, was moved to Wormwood Scrubs, and then two weeks later to another prison, Wandsworth. In 1986, he was transferred eight times. He strangled the governor, which is essentially the warden of oh, okay. their prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, very works. impressive <laughs> no, 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 no. that he did that. How did he get to yeah. Yeah, Of Of Wormwood Scrubs, and was transferred to Gartry, where he served out his sentence in isolation. Almost a year in isolation. This is when he's released in 87. In total, he spent about 14 years in prison for what was originally seven. Uh, So he's doubled his sentence. He was met by his family. He spent a little time with his family. Allegedly, when he left, one of the prison officers or the governor said to him, see you soon, which kind of shows you how much faith they had in him rehabilitating out into the real world. Uh, He had not seen traffic like it existed now. And he had no idea how much money was worth. Apparently in one event, his father took him out to a bar and needed to help paying for drinks because he just didn't know how to uh, handle the money. Just sad. I think they kind of get at this when he's when they bring him home and he's trying to get out of the car and he can't yeah. open the door. Yeah. And then his dad opens the door for him. I also really like that moment because once he gets out of the door, he opens the door and closes it again yeah. to show that like he kind of needs this like agency needs to feel like he sort of has the situation. In control so i i did like that beat then he disguised the water gun as a real one and threatened a stranger to take him to luton his hometown from there he would begin bare knuckle boxing under the advice of reggie cray so the cray twins again so this weird sort of boxing guy that he met in prison didn't exist it was, it, was it was the cray twins uh and he officially changed his name from michael peterson to charles bronson so we will now be referring to him as charles bronson in 1987.
2: I never not referred to him as charles bronson yeah. so sorry
0: Sorry, Bronson. Please don't kill me. Despite never having seen a Charles Bronson film, by the way, didn't didn't know didn't know who he was. Uh, he claimed to have fought and killed a Rottweiler in ten thousand pound fight. However, he admits great shame to having done this because he loves animals.
1: Um. Yeah. There's that one scene where he's like standing in the barn and the guy's holding like the dog yeah. back and he's like let like let him loose. Yeah. And then the dog runs at him and I was watching it and I immediately went I don't like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You say I don't like that, but apparently he has a lot of regret for that. Bronson also offered to fight Lenny McLean, a pugilist, bouncer, bodyguard, and enforcer of the London criminal underworld. So another sort of really big figure in what is essentially the mafia for them. Mr. McLean refused, but he would later become an actor and played Barry the Baptist in the movie Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which is a Guy Ritchie film.
1: Yeah, that's a very good film.
0: So another interesting uh, connection. Uh, He was unable to control himself and was frequently disqualified from his bare knuckle boxing fights. There is footage of one fight he's in. And he gets disqualified for being like too aggressive, and people have to come in and like take him off.
2: Oh, on oh, this underground illegal bare knuckle brawl, guy <laughs> too scary. by the rules. Oh, little guy isn't playing by the rules in this fucking illegal tournament where people are beating the shit out of each other. Mm. Oh, but
0: constantly disqualified and unable, unable to, you know, claim the prize winnings. He returned again to a life of crime. And on New Year's, Bronson robbed a jewelry store, kept one ring to give it to his girlfriend. But on January 1988, the 69th day of his freedom, ha, huh, nice, he was apprehended and, <laughs> and arrested. 69. Bronson was returned to Leicester Prison uh, as Bedford, Bedford Prison refused to house him. And after his trial saw him guilty of armed robbery, he attempted but failed to reach the roof. Ah, No more roof time. Mwah. Bronson moved from prisons Wandsworth, Sutton, Durham, Longlarton, Bristol, Br- Birmingham, Winchester, Mystery and House. back at Wandsworth in September 1989. I went to Winchester, Mariah has been in Winchester. I the prisoner, a- the- I
1: studied abroad there.
0: Yeah, he took a g- deputy governor hostage at Franklin. I believe that's the the love scene where we see him hold the one guy hostage and the then librarian. cover himself up in in butter. Yeah. Uh,
1: Covered on my back. He was in my ass cheeks, not in, in my ass. ass.
0: It's important though.
1: Faster, 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 faster. That was really funny when he was like. <laughs> <"Faster>, <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop, stop it. Down.
0: He was the victim of an attack when he was stabbed in the back by two prisoners, but he refused to tell the police anything about the event. His, mother, yeah. his mother would later remark that he, he could not stand people being behind him because of the event. Bronson wrote to a friend and began seeing Kellyanne, another woman, and the family seemed to think this was a bad relationship for him because women seemed to confuse him with his uh, inability to grasp relationships. He was free for 53 days before being arrested for conspiracy to rob. However, he insisted his girlfriend Kellyanne, her friend, and her lover were framing him in order to get rid of him. And on February 9th, the charges were dropped and he was fined 600 pounds. 16 days later, he was arrested for conspiracy to rob. On remand in Woodhill, Bronzy would take a librarian hostage, demand a helicopter, tea, and a blow-up doll. He released the hostage after he was apparently disgusted by him breaking wind.
2: Okay, that's just funny. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Goofy? I mean, you'd be like, oh, man. Oh, ooh. <laughs> is
1: that a stinker? Brody!
2: You know, I don't even want my blow-up doll anymore. Like, I'm. my mood is ruined. You know what?
0: The, you killed the vibes, man. Get out of here. <laughs> he pleaded guilty to a firearm possession, but not to conspiracy to rob. He claimed he intended to shoot himself. He was found guilty of intent to rob and given eight years. Whoo! You th- hold on. You
2: thought about robbing, and so you get eight years. Yeah. This is why
0: America is better than London, Britain. Now, now here's here's some Politics. sort of better things. At Beaumarsh Prison, the governor and prison officers decided to give Bronson some lax giving him hour-long exercises, playing games with him like Scrabble and badminton. A guard Jim Dawkins said, when I first heard that Charlie was coming to Belmarsh, we just expected to be going home every night with broken noses and black eyes. We just found a different side of the man. He was intelligent, witty, and he had the decency to treat us like individuals and he never threatened us at all. We felt he deserved the decency back from us as well. Jim Dawkins claimed he knew officers who would hit and beat Charlie because he was the most dangerous prisoner and they wanted to knock him off his pedestal. Stories of him getting his mustache ripped out, broken fingers and hands, and kicked in the testicles and bitten. Oh,
2: Jesus. Goodness.
0: Dawkins accompanied his move to Belmarsh to Bristol, where he was told, we aren't having any of that soft routine anymore. He is going to be in the box 23 hours a day, and that's it. Damn. He always seemed to make one step forward, and the system pushes him back two steps, is what uh, Jim Dawkins said. A psychologist that met Charlie and thought that he had made progress stated that the prison system is doing ideologically Directly opposed to what he's trying to do. More oppression, destruction of his human rights, and dying, denying him therapy. Just, you know, sad. He was moved for the upteenth time to Wakefield Prison, where he was kept in the, in quotes, Hannibal Cage, which is the one you see at the at end. end yeah. Just very restricted. Oh, you can't right. sit down. To, like, just stand, stand. stand straight up. And around this time, too, one of the Crate twins would die. And so this, this seemed to affect him strongly. Bronson also spent time with Down Syndrome, Down Syndrome children. Now, I don't know how this set up. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I don't know who was like, you know what? Let's, let's get him around some children. Let's get him around some Down Syndrome children. However, it was good. He apparently was very good with them, very positive. He got along well. And he got along so well, they removed him from solitary. Uh, he was put back in solitary when he returned from his exercise routines too late. Just what? very sad. Oh, that's it's, like, it's like every time he seems to be showing improvement they just and getting better, him. they they find some reason to damn push him back. Um, it's the, upon it's the system, the man. system man. His father died, Ronnie died, and he began losing it. And he took four men hostage in a cell and ranted about his dead father. He uh, he forced the prisoners to tickle his feet and call him General. He quoted as saying, "I used to love my toes being tickled. Tickle me toes, or I'll break your neck." <laughs> He demanded a plane to Libya, two Uzis, five thousand rounds of what? ammunition, and an axe.
2: You're just gonna gloss over <laughs> that. tickle me,
3: tickle my toes. I'll break your neck.
1: I haven't. I'm like silent on this end just because I can't believe that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's bonkers. He's, he's and again, thinking that this guy. one man
0: could take four people hostage. Wild.
1: Tickle my toes.
0: Tickle me, tickle, tickle, me, toes. Me, toes. tickle me toes. Tickle me toes. I used to love my toes, man. Tickle. Uh, apparently he felt bad after hitting one hostage in the head with a metal tray and asked another to hit him in the head four times to make up for it he released one prisoner and chanted I want ice cream (laughs) (laughs) and now we're getting closer to the end of a story Bronson took a civilian educated worker this is what I think inspired the scene with the art teacher Mm -hmm. He, he took a civilian educated worker so like a teacher hostage his name was Phil Danielson he, he essentially started going on a rampage. I think that guy, I think the character's name is... Is it Phil Danielson? I think it's Phil. Um, he didn't necessarily, from what I could tell, intend to take him hostage. He just started going on a rampage. And Phil Danielson said everyone cleared out of the room and he just happened to be the last one there. And so Bronson took him hostage.
1: Yeah, because it's, it, it's the same name.
0: Is it? Interesting. Bronson tore up this room he was in. Anything that wasn't nailed down, he picked up and destroyed. He fashioned a spear out of a broomstick and a kitchen knife. Uh, demanded a helicopter to Cuba. He he put on the movie Dead Man Walking for Phil to watch while he had him tied up. Bronson said he admired Phil for being the only hostage who hadn't shit himself. He uh, Phil was later paid compensation of 65,000 pounds and, of course, in interviews saw no redeeming quality in Bronson. Bronson eventually surrendered under the promise that he would not be receiving any punishment beatings from the officers. Bronson stood trial for himself and claimed that the system had made him worse than he was and was to blame for this episode and he was given a discretionary life sentence for 3 years. Now.
2: Uh what is a discretionary life sentence?
0: A discretionary for 3 years. Yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I think no, what I believe it to be is like for for that time they essentially have him considered life sentence, but once it's over, they're kind of they put him back to his original sentence. So it's just sort of like if in this time he does anything else, they'll make it a life sentence. Oh. I was like, it's we, put sort a, of, we put a so pause it's sort of on at, your sentence. So it's like, yeah, so it's like at their discretion they can make it a life sentence during this time. This Isn't how, like the 3 years. How, how I believe it works. Given what
2: they've already done to this man, I'm surprised they didn't just go like, uh-oh, right, uh, uh, oh, you didn't go to sleep at the right time?
0: Life sentence. Now, real quick, before we're now at the end of the road for Mr. Bronson, I'm going to go back to the film here.
1: This takes us to present day, essentially.
0: Essentially, we're, we're well into 2000s of them present day. Okay. But I'm going to jump real back to the movie. All right. This is kind of jarring. I'm sorry. But the budget, it had a budget of $230,000. Wow. So very low budget. Yeah. And an inquiry was made into the film as during its premiere at the London, at London premiere, they used a voice recording of Bronzing at the beginning saying, Ooh. oh, no, I'm doing that. He says something like, enjoy the film or something like that. And there was an inquiry made because you're not allowed to use voice recordings of prison prisoners oh. or like without permission, at least. So they're like, "How oh, did you get this? And I think the director's kind of like, oh uh, we' just had it but that that was just for the premiere though, so you mm. don't you don't see in the actual movie mm. uh, there's a line where he says it's absolute madness at best that was supposedly given to uh, the director from Bronson himself over a phone call
2: <laughs> absolute to madness use, to, at use best.
0: to use in the movie and we're going to talk a little bit about color theory yay in this film there's a lot of red and blue. And red and blue seems to be significant of a couple of things. Red seems to be, from what I've seen and what a couple of things I read, seems to to represent ambition in Bronson's desires. Of course, you see this in the very beginning. He's in an all red room and this is, this is representative of like his ambition and his drive and his just sort of power. You also see it. He's got a red suitcase when he first got out of prison. He goes into the red room with all those people. Uh, this one's kind of picky, but everyone in the room has a red drink and he's the only one who's not handed a red drink. And then he eats a kebab. And on the kebab, he leaves he has, the red cherry behind. Yeah, it's like a cherry and a, yeah. and a piece of pineapple so, and he eats the pineapple. So if we aren't... If, surprised I remember that. I'm surprised you caught on that. detail. Yeah. So if, if this color theory is correct, that would be symbolizing um, him sort of not attaining his, his ambitions. And I know that might seem picky and like, oh, there's no way they intended that. But looking at some of Nicholas, the director's work, and I saw a little bit of the behind the scenes on this. I, I don't... I think it's intentional. There was there was this bit where I was watching him where he had he had Tom Hardy like posing in front of the camera and he was very picky like finicking with like the collar of his shirt. He wanted to like hang in a specific way. Mm. So I think I think I've discovered that the director is a lot more picky and precise than I realized he was. Gotcha. And so I do believe that this is intentional. Blues are very important. Blues seem to equal you know sort of bad decisions or failures or when he's coming to ruts with things. Or when he's gone the wrong way, I think it might also just be representative of, of like authority. So
1: when he when he gets back home into his room, isn't it blue? Yes.
0: So when he's born in the beginning of the movie, the carpets are red. But when he comes back, the carpets are blue. Which hmm. is which is interesting. There's a fight scene that goes wrong, uh, that the room is blue. And also the friend, the the quote unquote friend who sets him up with boxing, the first time we see him he's in red, and then later he's dressed in blue. Bronson is depicted in prison slash solitary confinement several times in blue. Yeah, uh, Bronson poses. He proposes to the woman, and the first time we see her, she's in red. We see her painting her nails red, but when yeah. she refuses his proposal, she's dressed in blue. Mm. The jewel store he robs, uses blue velvet sort of as accents. And one thing I really liked about this and knowing this is there's, a, there's times where you see red and blue sort of like battling on, on screen one of this is like when he's going past the like weird rave party in the psychi- psychiatric ward they've red and blue lights like flashing and he's you know on these drugs so he's he's sort of fighting these two emotions within him of both failure and ambition and it's this this really great sort of mental struggle that i think i think is phenomenal you know that's to, to suggest really that uh, there's there's also another time where he's fighting and there's red and blue lights you know and so oftentimes when he's fighting you could see these red and blues where it's like it's very physical and mental conflict within him. And and then this one's really interesting. The only time we see the color purple is the sweater that the art teacher wears. Oh. Interesting and that, that is very deliberate because as you know, red and blue makes purple. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a very you know on screen representation of his conflict towards and again this is a this is a separation from the actual Bronson, but it seems at this point he both enjoys prison but also enjoys his art. And so he seems conflicted with this teacher because the teacher is his sort of his ticket out yeah. because it's showing improvement, it's showing he can be a better well, man.
1: And and right before he takes that teacher hostage, he's like, We can do this, like we can get you yeah. out of here. And he's like, wait, what you mean, yeah. we and then yeah. things go down. So
0: so the purple seems to be showing this conflict between yeah the art and his desire to be in prison, which I thought was really cool that they did that. And then after he takes him prison prisoner, he covers him in a blue blanket. And then also, I seem to see like a lot of black. I think black might also mean something. I think maybe it just means like ultimate madness. Is my my personal theory? You know, when he covers himself in black, or just when it's very dark and certain, and or when he's on stage doing his things, it's you know he's all black behind him. So I think black just sort of signifies just like pure insanity, just like madness.
2: Yeah, that checks out. I think.
0: Anyways, I thought the color theory for that was really cool.
2: I love color theory. I think it was cool. Anytime a movie like puts effort in its color, yep. I am happy. And I, I do a little giggle.
0: And A little, little giggle. giggle. <laughs> All right. We're going to start wrapping this up now. This is the end of road for Mr. Bronson. He spent 22 years in solitary and 48 years in prison in general. As of today, he's quoted as saying, my eyes are bad due to the years of unnatural light I've had. I Now, I can't stand people getting too close, crowding me. I hate people breathing on me. I hate smelly bodies coming near me, mouths to me are simply for eating, never for kissing. A man needs a routine to cope with such an extreme situation. For me, it's my push-ups and sit-ups. I always pace the room and count each step. He was married again in 2001 to a woman, Fatima Sarah Khamen, whose Islamic faith he briefly converted to and wished to be known as Charles Ali Ahmed, but was not changed illegally. They divorced four years later, and he renounced Islam. So this is a long time, and he's not done anything. So for, you know, since when was the last, last thing he did was like 90s till 2013, he's been violence-free. Damn. And there was a petition calling for his release, and Bronson said to Prime Minister David Cameron at the time that he wants to live what's left of my life and not be buried in the prison system. However, he did in 2014 attack a prison governor in Woodhill, claiming that the mail had been kept from him, including letters from his mother. Um. Additionally, the governor seemed to have disparaged Bronson's work for being violent and ugly, which upset him. He was given two more years because of this, and then the prison accepted that mail may have been, in their words, unacceptably processed.
1: Oh, my God. that's Give him two more years, but right. you're in the wrong. Okay, goddamn.
0: Bronson changed his name to Charles Salvador in honor of Salvador Dali, stating on his website that the old me dried up. Bronson came alive in 87. He died in 2014. He then married actress Paula Williamson, who had been visiting him in prison for five months, and claimed that Charlie is a changed man. It is my hope that he would be released by my 40th birthday in August 2020. And then uh, Charles later asked for a divorce in 2018 after Paula Williamson reportedly invited men to her place on vacation, and photos of a man motorboarding her surfaced in the news. Oof. Uh, in 2016, he auctioned off one of his artworks to help a child with cerebral palsy. He was in regular talks with Ronnie Cray's widow, who does documentaries and books about some of you know Britain's like criminals. And she said, of all the people I've interviewed, including murderers and maniacs, if you were to ask me, would you let Charles Bronson stay at your house overnight? I would say yes. And then stated, it is testosterone led with Charlie. It Going Testosterone led with Charlie. Uh. Saying that he's just... Essentially, just got too much testosterone. That's her thing. He's just just too macho.
2: Oh, he's going to get prostate cancer.
0: And what makes this all... (laughs) I (laughs) I say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much testosterone. Give you prostate cancer.
1: I don't just a weird.
0: Yeah. Hey,
2: all the men out there, um, check...
0: Check check, check your booty.
2: Check your balls. And that too. Yeah, check for, you know, lumps in your testicles and Mm. go to the doctor. Get your prostate checked. Anyway back to the prison system.
0: <laughs> Anyways, that's essentially the end of where we are. And what makes this relevant is just last month Mr. Charles Salvador asked for parole because they they changed some of the rules and regulations on parole and he has requested a hearing and it's been granted so they're going to consider it. So, it is a possibility that this man gets out of prison. We'll see. So so it seems like by the end of the year we'll we'll find out whether or not more has been, you know, done with this, but it's a very it's a very interesting case. And I think a lot of the reasons they start dropping them is because it's so complicated and long and violent that people are like, no, this is just too much. We can't handle this. Now, what did you guys like about the movie? <laughs> if anything,
2: I liked the shot composition. Um the two times he like really take somebody hostage or tries to do harm the necktie mm. where we can't see him that was good actually do it and when he takes his art teacher hostage and mm.
1: the art teacher flies yeah backwards. And he, flies. he just Rage
2: flies backwards he's behind him yeah. We can't see him i really liked both of those uh i liked the shot where he's like outside giving his art to the warden mm-hmm. um and he's just kind of like standing in the right side of the frame. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was cool. The soundtrack was very good. I enjoyed it very much.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'll talk about the soundtrack real quick. Um, again, so that one song where it's sort of like techno and it's just like, this is red, this is red, this is whatever, uh-huh. that I think was chosen to allude to the, the color theory. Yeah. Additionally, there's a couple of points in the film. The beginning song uh, where he's naked and he's fighting, mm. I think is... A brilliant choice for for the opening of the film because first of all it's got this really slow build to it and it's very sort of creepy and then it turns into this like weird sort of like love ballad kind of sound yeah and what's interesting about that song is that song was written about the chilean dictatorship under a man named pinochet i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name <laughs> correctly but that that <laughs> pinochet Pino. but that song is about the, the capture and torture of civilians in Chile under oh. under this man's dictatorship. And so it mirrors very closely to, to Bronson's story of being in captivity and, and you know, enduring a lot of um, cruelty. And so I, I think it's it was a wonderful choice um, hmm. for a song in the opening. I also, one shot I really liked was very interesting. I guess it's a whole sequence is there's a the bit where he's serving tea yeah. to a prisoner uh, or a prison officer. And then, and then the boxing guy comes in, and he's just very weird, and it's a very weird like sequence.
1: Yeah, because he's like cheering. He's like, "You want a cup of tea, mate?" Yeah. Right?
2: yeah, I expected that to go south. But but
0: yeah. so what? I what I think this is kind of my my thought here is why I think that is phenomenal is because at this time we know Bronson has been nothing but violent. We've seen him only as violent, so whenever we see him, we're kind of like, "Oh God, what's he gonna do?" And then we see him being nice, and you're like, "He's gonna do something. He's gonna do something to this prison officer. He's gonna do something to this prisoner." You know, and he's offering him tea. So on the right, we have Bronson, which is high stress, high tension. And then in the middle, you have the guard who's, like, neutral. You know, the guard's not going to, like, bust out do anything. But, you know, maybe he intervenes, so he's neutral. And then you've got the boxer guy who comes in, and he's just absolutely calm, chillax, chill to the max. And so I love that from left to right, you have the spectrum of, like, chill to not chill. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean... I, b- I believe that was intentional. Again, knowing that the director is is very precise and particular with these things, and I think the concept of that is really neat. That they would sort of um, create this on screen display of, of the spectrum of not chill.
1: Um, I really liked this just the structure of the film and the way you know he does the kind of monologue looking yeah. into the camera and then when he's doing mm-hmm. like the show and how he's got different the, the different face paint i really liked the bit where
2: yeah so we i mean we like never talked about the actual like yeah part of, half the movie is him like in an audience or not i, an audience, I liked when stage. he did the
1: like the half and half makeup yeah. and he's doing uh, a conversation really cool. between the woman and himself mm-hmm. and like like i think that's really fun and i i, I just imagine to whenever i watch movies i always think about like That must have been fun for Tom Hardy to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like I'm sure that's just like an actor's playground to do that kind of thing, and so I'm sure he had so much fun. And I I also just kind of imagine, like, can you imagine if you were sitting in the audience and he's he this madman is just like ranting and raving, and you know there are times where you're clapping and then other times where he's yelling at you to shut up and like Mm -hmm. terrified in the audience. But like I thought, I thought it was really cool. Uh, and so i like the structure of of his monologue and the way that they structured the whole story in general um i thought it was really well and o- obviously it starts and ends with him in a cage yeah um which are both great shots a lot of penis a lot of
0: um, yeah. you know i always applaud when they put penis in a movie screen because they don't do it a lot not not a lot of people got the guts to do yeah. it for and some I'm reason they're, to they're too wiener. too afraid of the wiener
1: this man got good job
0: nicholas good job tom hardy you did it got charcoaled up and this is a really weird thing to say but also just like aesthetically sometimes just like a naked naked guy is just like i don't know artful to me especially when he's like covered in charcoal and it's just like a black charcoal beefed up man and you're just like wow you know with a nice hat with a nice hat like i I think just like artistically you'd be like i'd be like a painting you know like but yeah, now now I will ask you guys, and we can cut this if this is like political, but like would you release let's say you're prime minister? Because yeah. now that now now that Mr. uh what's his name has stepped down?
1: Boris Johnson. Boris
0: Johnson has stepped down just a little while ago. That way we don't date ourselves too much. Uh if you're the Prime Minister, do you release Mr. Charles Arthur Salvador?
1: I would. You so, would? I okay. think I would. I think yes. I think I would, you know. Uh, have people watching him, mm-hmm. you know, closely monitored. But I think uh, I agree that, you know, hearing the, his actual story versus the movie. Um, yeah, I definitely like had the system not been so oppressive, he would have been up for parole a long time mm-hmm. ago. And I think he could have uh, shown the world that he he had changed a lot sooner. Uh, and I. Also with the whole psychiatric ward uh, bit that they did really reminded me of Cuckoo's Nest Mm -hmm. and made me, you know, feel icky and just frustrated with the system because it really does fuck with people uh, unfairly. And I think that is partly the case here. I think he is. I think he is a violent criminal. I don't want to, like, minimize that. Mm. Homie took a lot of hostages and and stuff like that. But. Again, as he says in the movie, he never killed anyone. He's yeah. served...
2: What's the occasional hostage, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, I do think he deserves a chance.
0: Miles?
2: Uh, so this is like, you know, we're talking about the prison system, so inherently yeah. it does get po- political. Yeah. I, I think I would let him go for sure. Okay. I think solitary confinement is... A cruel and unusual punishment that drives people insane in the first place. Uh, I think they definitely tried to find any reason they could to push this man back down. And I think if they just gave him a fair shake, he could do Mm -hmm. a lot of good. Because it's like, it's clear he's already done a lot of good. Mm -hmm. Like, he raised a lot of money, he cares about his family mom and i mean i guess sure so did norman bates but
0: <sighs> a-o film um, reference he
1: is still again a violent criminal yeah can't forget that but yeah
0: yeah i'll say you know i would i would give him a chance especially because first of all he's 70 now he's older and there is statistically when you get older you just people become less less violent um he's older and also i watched a couple of interviews and things he is at this point at this point in time completely and totally dedicated to his art he's he's been quoted as saying um life is art and my art is my life he's he's totally set on his art he feels he can make a living with his art one of his biggest complaints about not being able to be out in the real world was that he he couldn't make a living and that his living turned him to criminal work and now he feels like he's a successful artist and he wants to get out into the real world.
1: And and especially like you said, if he hasn't been violent really he hasn't
0: been, really been violent, except for the one time with the male thing in 2014. Which and, I, I mean, not to like justify it, but like kind of get it. He, it wasn't unprovoked. Um so you know, I think I think he he deserves a chance. And we'll see later this year if whether or not oh, they, I mean. uh, they let him out. Yeah, you know, the second if that man gets out. How many podcasts are like bidding to get him on? Yeah. you know you'd think he's going to be on Joe Rogan podcast or something Oh no doubt also I want to claim this man I think this man was born in the wrong generation this <laughs> man so. would have been phenomenal in like the 1600s or, oh, or, or yeah. like a, like a knight Templar or something that's, that's what this man was built for They would have
2: tossed him in the army and been like he's our fucking general. He, he would
0: he would have had like statues ba- like oh, made yeah. after him if he was he was born like 200 years ago. We'll, we'll run it there we'll do we'll do our little ratings
2: yeah
1: I think I'm going to give the movie a 7.5 naked shadow boxings out of 10
0: good job
2: good
1: naked job. shadow boxings
2: I'm gonna give it all right as well a 7.5 okay sweet shiny chrome heads interesting out okay. Of I was going to say Wieners. I was
0: going to as well. But
2: I kind of figured one of us was going to say it, yeah. so I was going to let you okay. say it.
0: Well, now it's already been said.
2: So. Um, I, I will say, so normally it would be like, just for the movie, it was really good. I would have given it a six. But for the first time in a long time, and this is going to sound really kind of weird,
0: I went into the movie,
2: and by the end of it, I had downloaded a new personality. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. It's one of the... I will... This I, might come off as really bad, but... I do find, particularly his physicality, his strength, yeah. very admirable. Uh-huh. I, I know that's, like, a man macho oh, I thing. I never
1: mentioned, too, he walks so silly in he the movie. Funny. He does walk His little really silly. walking gait is so silly. The, okay, the, right, the way
2: he walks, the way he, like, holds his upper body. Sometimes just yeah. the way
1: he held his head, like, his, yeah, the yeah. angle of, like, like, where his neck was. Right,
0: like right.
2: I... I don't know I went in I downloaded all of that right I had my little internet noises Uh going off dial up in the head and by the end of the movie I had I had his personality I was walking around my apartment as if I was him and I had a fun little time doing it
0: the drive and the ambition that man had to just totally I don't make his make his body superhuman
2: you know what it is I think this is a, a male manipulator movie or like okay. you, you yeah it's like the joker or drive where you're like yeah you're not supposed he like yeah <laughs> to connect with these characters and want to be like them but just like men do something about them yeah something something about like this man is just you want to be him
0: i was gonna give a seven and ten i could do seven and a half but one thing i considering about this is And this is something I saw someone bring up, and I do think it's a very valid point. I think things like this in this movie um, sort of uphold this concept of Bronson being a very brutal, unforgiving, Mm. relentless, vicious man, which, I mean, he he was, but I think this contributes to a bad reputation. Yeah. Um, And that's sort of with this podcast and talking about his actual story, I kind of wanted to help, like, take apart a little bit and talk about um and so for that reason i think i might honestly take it down half a point just because i i do feel like it it may have harmed it, the it painted
2: him in a, in i, the think,
0: I think especially
1: I, if you say like again that he hated prison the he whole hated time. prison you yeah. know he's always
0: hated prison it's been the worst thing that's ever happened to him and how it was represented in the movie i think for that reason i might just take it down a half star however i, lo- I love the way it looked the aesthetic of the film i think I love madness stuff. You know, I love things that are just crazy, bonkers, wacky, and this was that. Mm-hmm. And I forget sometimes, too, that not everyone's into that. And so some people might be watching it, and I'm like, oh, well, I forgot a man poops in his hand and rubs it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's fun and wild, but some people might not enjoy that. But He was
1: apologizing to me when I he was started. like, I
0: forgot. I forgot this happened.
1: So what's your final rating?
0: Final rating, I think, is going to be a 7 out of 10.
2: 7 out of
0: 10. Uh, 7 out of 10, flying weeders. Um, sticks of butter and butt cracks and uh, mustaches. He Imagine did. that. A wiener nose, butt crack mouth, and mustache.
1: I will not be I'm imagining I'm right. imagining it right now.
0: Yeah, I, I never stop.
2: I think we should sell that as a t-shirt.
3: We should. We I've should make that merch. This has been The Tikes It Took. Mariah, what are we doing next time?
1: Well, I will be back leading the discussion, and since it will be October... We each can kind of do like a Halloweeny kind of movie.
2: Weenie, <laughs> Weenie.
3: yeah.
1: Um, I will be doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: <gasps> I have never seen that movie. I'm looking forward to watching it. It now is it is
1: an absolutely wild, kooky, bonkers, bananas time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also gonna be our first musical, so I'm really excited yeah. about that. Uh, I, <laughs> Miles looks thrilled. Yeah, I am a sucker for musicals. I will. I am not. I know. Uh, I will be making you guys watch musicals in the future. I'll try to space them out. (laughs) But um, I figured this one was really uh, a good fit for now because there's a lot on it. It's it is it is insane. So uh, make sure you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, for the next episode so you can uh, follow along with us.
3: And where can you find us on social media?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Um, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at the takes it took. And then, if you want to send us an email of any corrections, any ideas, I don't know, just just say Love hey. Love letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm, please. <laughs> um. Per- you can yeah. You can email us at the at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll get back to you. So, in the meantime, we hope you keep listening. We hope you keep watching movies, and uh, we'll see you next time.
2: And remember to beat the hell out of your prison guards. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a, um, a Don't do that.
4: Um, I think out? of a
0: couple of one. I was going to go Oh, you <laughs>